with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Good day, good day, and welcome to the uh, Monday morning wake-up call here on After 9. Appreciate you joining us today. We've got uh, Phyllis Warren here with us, and Alan, of course, is on the board. Sort of. Sort of, yeah, (laughs) yeah. You know, hanging, hanging. So we got a lot of stuff going on in this world right now, and it's pretty stressful. There's ill health, and we're all confused, and life is a little bit crazy, but we're all holding on. And part of how we're holding on is we managed to legalize recreational marijuana. And on the phone today, we have Joe Poskinoff. Post- how do you pronounce that, Joe? It's- Right on. There we go. Thank you so much. No problem. <laughs> I'm the worst of this at the at the best of times. So um, just wondering, um, how is it going with your store? You've got uh, lots of exciting things happening. I hear you're opening up a new store up the Hart Highway. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so we, we've opened our first store in uh, July of 2019. So we were the first legal cannabis store uh, within about 500 kilometers of Prince George. Um, so we had uh, quite the demand, um, and we still have upkept that demand quite a bit. And that's that's allowed us, because we were first and we had such a nice <clears throat> welcoming into the city, uh, we pretty much, um, within a couple of months, were looking for a second location. So it does take quite a while, about you know a year and a half, to get a location open. So, um, yeah, so we kind of have isolated this uh this hard location. It's at the, the Birchwood Mall right beside Cheapton Auto Parts and the Birchwood Liquor Store. Um, and so we should be uh, working on that one here, probably opening in about a month. Excellent, excellent. That'll be nice for the folks of the Hart Highway to be known that they're actually uh, welcome in the whole community as well of us cannabis culture people. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So. <clears throat> How how was it opening? How was the how was the jumping through the hoops? What what was all of that like? How did how did that work for you guys? Facilitating yeah, was, the government's demands. Yeah, it was it was interesting because the federal government, uh, the liberal government, they they sort of announced that all provinces would have to create their own sort of policies. Um, so in British Columbia, um, the government here decided to put it under the Liquor and Cannabis Act. Um, so we kind of fell under the liquor umbrella, although there are a lot of differences. But um, so we had to sort of work with the federal government, with the provincial government, and then with the municipality, the city of Prince George, um, and all the different rules that were created under each one. So it was it's kind of a bit of a learning for everyone. And I think we kind of realized uh, early on that we're all sort of learning in this together and that um, it was going to take a lot of time, and it did. But we were... Um, as proactive as possible and as really um, um, aggressive as possible because we did want to be the first store open. So, Yeah, yeah. There was there were a few. Uh, what happened there? Because there were some stores that were open. What was the government's uh, decision about re, uh, taking back the licenses of the original stores that were open and then kind of re-regulating it? Were, yeah. were you involved prior to this changeover of the regulations, and what happened to all those people? Yeah, it's interesting. Like with throughout BC, like we didn't really have too much of that in Prince George directly. We had one on Third that kind of went to the Supreme Court because they were operating like fully illegally. They weren't actually operating anywhere under the the rules. But um, 
that was kind of in 2017. And then in 2018, the government quickly realized that once legalization was going to happen, that there weren't going to be any stores because there was so much sort of, I'll call it red tape, but there just was so much time needed for, for licensees like myself to, to get open because there was just uh, the, the layers of, of government that you had to kind of work with. Mm-hmm. So I think, honestly, the, the province allowed those stores to continue operating. Quite honestly, it was illegally that they weren't actually supposed to be open, um, but they were paying the fines because the bylaw in most cities didn't want to or couldn't kind of um, handle it. And then the police, like RCMP, in most municipalities were saying, well, you know, if the city's allowing these stores to run, we're not going to go in there and tell them they're doing something illegal. So it was kind of a finger-pointing game back then. And then finally, when there was enough retail stores opening, legal ones like us, uh, the province of B.C. then said, well, as of, I think it was late January of 2019, that if you continue to remain open and you're not a true licensed cannabis store uh, in the new, new age of cannabis stores, then you will be fined and you will be closed down and possibly you know, it was like, I think one of Victoria got fined like $1.5 million because they wouldn't close. So it got very serious once that happened. But I think it actually benefited the province um, to keep those stores open while stores like myself were trying to do it the right way. So it was kind of a weird situation. But yeah. now, you know, there's, there's literally, like, they're non-existent if you don't have a license now, in my opinion. Yeah, was it kind of a lottery? How did they decide on who would be the licensees? Was there a uh, how was their vetting program? Uh, I know the government often likes to do a kind of a lottery thing for anything that they're doing. What was their what what was their just a date you apply by, and then they? Yeah, every municipality was able to kind of create their own rules, and in Prince George, really, there wasn't much of like, hey, we're going to have X amount of stores or. Every store has to be within a certain distance of, of you know, a school or, a, you know, um, I don't know, like um, daycare or whatever. There weren't many rules in town put in place, which I've kind of urged our city to, to rethink that and say, look, like, you know, if you just approve everyone, it's <clears throat> it sort of becomes like uh, a favoritism game with, with our admin and our council, and I just don't think it's it's the right way to go. I know that there's cities like in Hamilton, Ontario, that have 12 stores open, and they have 51 waiting in the queue, and they're similar to Prince George where they didn't implement any rules. So I'm like, the council is now getting swamped with all these applications, and how do you say no to one but yes to the other? So to me, I'd almost like to see some structure behind there, um, really to help out retailers and, and make successful small business versus uh, sort of a... a survival of the fittest and just let the big companies come in and crush small business, right? So Yeah, um, yeah. I think John Horgan's looking at ways to open the market up a little bit because be, because of the way that they're doing things, I think there's a bit of a black market happening. Yeah. And they really want to quash that from my understanding. So they're trying to work with, uh, you know, licensed growers and people who are perhaps private <clears throat> medicinal growers and stuff. 
I, uh, you guys are totally not the medicinal end of it, which I am, uh, because I have a condition that is necessary to have that. So, um, do, do you guys, are you able to help folks and give them information? Or are you to have brochures or anything? Or are you carrying medicinal products? Or are you leaving it to the Ave Maria's and the, uh, um, Medipure Natural Farms and the different types of, of, um, medicinal pharmacies? Or, or how is that working? Yeah, it's, so that's a great question. Is so we are a recreational, <clears throat> excuse me, we're, we are a recreational store. <clears throat> um, so we don't give direct medical advice. Um, having said that, we do carry a lot of pharmaceutical type cannabis products that have derived from the medical market that have now been released onto the recreational side. So we do have a lot of people who know what they want um, come in and use cannabis as as either in addition to the medication they're on or as a replacement. Um, but we don't um, tell people, hey, this is what you should take or shouldn't take because we aren't professionals in the medical field. So <clears throat> we do have the ability to bring in a medical expert and sort of, you know, a doctor in town or uh, <clears throat> someone that is that's in the medical field to give their opinion to our customer base. Um, so we've we've flirted with that idea of even going to some of the senior homes that maybe, you know, bring a medical expert with us and sort of just let them know what products we do have available. Yeah, you could, perhaps, you could perhaps um, even do that with just some literature and bring it in there and actually supply them with a little bit of testers so that they can try it. I know, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, the, so, especially there, there the are, creams. There are options that way. We've, we've also spoke about, you know, um, maybe allocating an hour each week that we open just for sort of seniors or or people needing um you know a bit more time to kind of learn about the product but um it it is a an ever-evolving industry so we are open to ideas like that but we have to be very careful that we don't overstep um sort of the fact that we are recreational Oh, absolutely. But still, at the same time, you should be able to carry the products that people are wanting and needing, right? Yeah. So, well, I mean... I, I can tell you one quick story of the first week that we opened, I had a gentleman come in, and he, he was a quite a tall, uh, bigger sort of build, like just a uh, wide kind of build. He was about six foot five or six foot six, and he was on walking crutches. And he came in and he said, you know, I'm on, I'm on painkillers. Um, my stomach is just killing me, and uh, I want to try some cannabis products. So, like I said, we can't really give advice, so he just grabbed a couple things uh, that had some CBD and THC sort of mixed in. Mm-hmm. And uh, he came back a week later, and he had tears in his eyes, and he said, I'm, in the last seven years, I've had 10 back surgeries. And he said, I've never been able to be off my meds, and over the last week, I'm 100% off my meds, and I'm sleeping through the night, which has never happened so I'm like something's something's working. You know what I mean? Brings I a tear to your eye when you hear that, right? And uh, that you've managed to help someone with their human suffering. I uh, ultimately had the same thing happen to me. I've been a advocate for years and speaking to people. And I said to this fellow, he come limping in one day. His knee was all messed up into a friend of mine's barber shop. I was sitting in there, and uh, he, I said, oh, you got to try the CBD and uh, blah 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 because it had helped with my aunt. She has a finger she can't straighten out. You know what oh, I've yeah. been stuck like that for however many years and my uh, uh, we put some on there and and uh, 10 minutes later said how's your finger and she picked it up and it straightened right out 
Amazing, it loosened yeah. that tendon, and there's that much of an anti-inflammatory quality to these things that I can't yeah. even describe to you. Um, personally, I have bunions that would kill a moose, no no <laughs> doubt, working as a waitress in high heels and such for years and yeah. walking construction sites and flagging. And and uh, I tell you, I was sitting there almost crying, cut my foot off one day, and uh, I thought, I'm going to put this stuff on. I had it for some other neck ailment, and, and I put it on there, and... In 15 minutes, I went, oh, my God, my bunion doesn't hurt anymore. And that wow. was simply a cream. And yeah. and uh, here's another thing for you. There was a thing on CTV C- News years ago. Um, the University of Israel found the mirror image of tetracannabinol, if applied within 24 hours of a T2 spinal cord injury, could literally reduce the rate of uh, paralysis by 73%. Wow. And that, my dear, was found out in, like, I guess I saw that. I, my boy's 29, so he would have been 7, so 22 years ago wow. we've known about this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know in, in Poland right now they're doing testing at a zoo in Poland on these two elephants that are really aggressive with each other, and they're doing a CBD trial where they're giving the, giving the elephant CBD to see if that will change their behaviors. And uh, so, you know, it, it's just... It, Hopefully on the medical side we can start to learn more about it and be a little more relaxed. But right now, because legalization is so new, we have to be very careful what we do sort of um, state in our store. So we do carry a lot of those products, and I encourage people to come in and check out our store if you haven't. Our prices initially were quite high because of the transition to legalization, but we're now seeing an abundance of of growers and, and manufacturers have um, options for us where our prices have come down considerably and honestly we're, we're probably even better pricing than the gray market which is hard to believe but uh, um, yeah that, well that, I mean you got to do what you got to do right and if you're able to do it well um, we're just going to take a little bit of a break here and uh, you'll come back with us and speak for a little bit more you bet yeah. okay excellent thank you this is Joe from Grasshopper Cannabis here on After 9 Hey world, this is Michael Franti. This is Kanan. Foho in the dark. Gogo Bordello. Hi, I'm Natasha Atlas. Greetings, this is Tanya Stevens. Justin Adams. This is Steve Riley of the Mamu Playboys. Talvin Singh, you're listening to Free Range Radio. Steve Berlin, Cesar Rosas. We're from Los Lobos and you've discovered music with no borders and no boundaries. This is Cal Coat. The best artists in the world come home to Worldly Canada Radio. Join me each week for a ride on the global side. World Beat Canada Radio, Sunday nights at 9 on 93.1 CFIS FM. The BC Schizophrenia Society is in the process of trying to secure funding so services will remain uninterrupted, working closely with various ministries to achieve this objective, but they need your help. Write a letter of support or contact your local MLA to let them know how important funding for continued services to you and your family. For more information on the letter writing campaign, check out the message from BCSS CEO in the What's Current section at bcss.org. Check out the Two Rivers Gallery podcast, Learn From Sharing, a series of voices on diversity. The latest edition features the late David Clements Charles and his granddaughter Amanda Cup, offering a glimpse into David's life, drawing on knowledge derived from living on the land and within his community. It also touches on the changing landscapes and the importance of keeping our land healthy for our children. 
Caring for the Land and Each Other, the latest Learn from Sharing podcast, available online at tworiversgallery.com. Forecast from Environment Canada. Sunday today, wind at 15K, a high of 3 with a wind chill this morning to minus 16. Partly cloudy tonight, wind continuing, a low of minus 4 with a wind chill to minus 9. For Tuesday, a mix of sun and cloud, wind from the south at 20 in the morning, a high of 5 with a morning wind chill to minus 9. You're listening to After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. Hello, good day, and welcome back to After 9. Um, as I'm pretty new at this, I've only been doing this for a couple of months here. Of course, I'm not getting all the uh, protocols in, in place. I, I did introduce Joe Poskinoff here. He's the owner and uh, partner in the Grasshopper Cannabis Stores here in town. And, and exciting news, he's got a brand, he's got a new store opening. And, and uh, what do you guys got planned for after that? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. I think the main thing right now is um, we're creating, you know, another 10 jobs in the city with a second location. And uh, really, we want to get that store open, make sure that we're supporting our staff properly. And then I, I think we're going to continue kind of growing our business and looking at opportunity, um, look at demand of where a good location would be. Um, like I said, it does take probably 18 months to get a store open, roughly. Um, so it is a bit of a bit of hoops to jump through still, but um, and obviously quite a bit of cost to get it open. But um, I definitely don't think we're we're just going to stop that too. I think we're we're all like minded kind of people that uh, will will sort of isolate a new location, and we're up like yeah. I mean, we listen to our uh, our customer base. We have quite a big following and. You know, every day we have people coming into the store saying, when are you going to open one in the heart? When are you going to open one in the heart? So um, we all grew up in the heart, so we knew that was, uh, you know, a, a great place. We knew that kind of area, so it was a natural fit for us. But I think, um, you know, now I'm up in College Heights. My wife and I live up here, and, um, I, you know, I'm, I wouldn't be opposed to maybe somewhere in this area or even south of town. <clears throat> yeah, um, is there one? There is one in College Heights, is there not? You've got the Pine Center one now, I guess, and that's... yeah, there's there's a government cannabis store um, located at the old RBC building by Walmart. For oh. us, like a, you know, we're such different. Like small business and, and BC government stores are just so different. So you know, I I can't pay my staff twenty five, twenty eight dollars an hour like the government can using taxpayer dollars, and I can't lease a whole bank, you know, that's probably 8,000 square feet with the vault. I have to work out of, you know, 700 to 1,000 square feet. So we really build relationships with our customer base, and that's what we're very proud of at Grasshopper is that we have the best customer service and that we we are voted the number one cannabis store in Prince George um, because we we really care about our customer base. And not saying the other stores don't, but I think we just built something special at our location. Yeah, yeah, which we really appreciate. So you've got the one location, it's downtown on George Street, correct? That's correct, yeah, 421 George Street. So Excellent. Pretty, uh, address, but uh, yeah, I isolated that location back in 2017, so it's been a long time. <laughs> That's um, hilarious because I actually, I've always kind of been a little entrepreneurial myself, and I, I used to want to open a little business up in that exact same spot, so yeah. kudos to you, man. You and I were both sitting over there in Coach's Corners thinking the same thing or whatever That's they right. call it now. That's right, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. 
So um, how, how are the products vetted? They come to you through the government, or are you able to buy through private industry, or what? what is it that's, uh, that's bringing the, the product in your door? Yeah, so as of right now, we were able to order through the BC government wholesale site only um, in terms of product itself. So they source out all of the product through growers all through Canada, they have a team that um, they sort of listen to feedback of retailers of what we'd like to see in our store, and then they bring in product um, sort of accordingly to to what retailers are sort of requesting. Um, it works out pretty well. Like there, there isn't much product that we don't have available to us. The only um, challenge that we have sometimes is that the government doesn't order enough of a top quality product from us, uh, like a sought after a manufacturer so we're limited sometimes to what we can bring in or how much of a product we can bring in so right are they majoritively canadian or or do you get american product or how does that work yeah it's all all canadian so there's some partnerships that uh like a a grower in canada might sort of buy the uh the rights of a like a u.s strain on how to grow it but everything is grown in canada so we have some outdoor growers we have some indoor growers we're really i think what i'm most excited for in the future is sort of uh boutique growers you know when you think of like uh, i think of the beer industry and how microbreweries just popped up in the last 15 20 years and i think you know um it really is is changing the beer and liquor industry um, I'd like to see that in cannabis a bit more, where you get these micro growers, someone that's growing in or around Prince George that we can bring in their product locally. Um, to me, Absolutely. that would be a game changer. Definitely, definitely specialty uh, specialty products. I've had. <clears throat> I, I've got to say, I, I had a friend who had cancer a few years ago and unfortunately passed away, and she was getting a supply of marijuana through the government that, frankly, was hay. It was so awful, and and I attribute part of that of to her not being uh, better than she ended up becoming. Is, is things change? Obviously, you're saying things are changing, but are they changing fast enough? What's the government bringing down the pike to make that a reality to bring these uh, specialty growers out? Do you have any idea? Um, I would say right now they're probably still years away, not months, unfortunately, but. Um, I know that we do have some really quality growers that, um, you know, one, for example, is Broken Coast on, on Vancouver Island, who um, they focus on sort of smaller batches, and they really keep their product quality uh, at a high level. So they've, they started out quite small, and now they're expanding to be kind of a bigger grower, but um, they keep to their same sort of values and traditions, and I think... I think it's going to be ones like that that rise to the top for now. And I think, um, you know, as as people realize that cannabis isn't this big stigma that I had in the past, and it's actually more of a positive than, than most things out there, um, I think hopefully the federal government, the provincial government, and the cities will really um, ease up their restrictions on, on people that are trying to do a good thing and grow a product that's actually benefiting people. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, it is open to people. They are allowed to grow four of their own plants. So I uh, recently saw something on TV. Um, uh, this father, he was actually a doctor who had two daughters who had Crohn's disease and they were twins and they suffered this ailment. And he discovered that he would take raw cannabis leaves and put them in their smoothies and it literally took their uh, Crohn's symptoms away and it had something to do with the fact of it's a complete protein or some kind of essential oil. Do you know anything about that or? No, I, I haven't heard of that. That's super interesting. I, uh, yeah, I, I could see how that would sort of be a, a good way to do it where they, you know, when you mix it in with a shake or something like that, you probably wouldn't even notice it. And it was in a in a fresh, um, it was actually fresh leaf that the guy was using, not cured buds or anything like right. that. So so that was kind of interesting. There's uh, all kinds of food source ways. You can take dried marijuana and grind it down to flour and add it to cookies and mm. anything like that. So, I mean, that might even be something for your for your uh, customers to take into consideration uh, and you even as uh, supplying things like weed flour as a, as a food source, right? The, the well, yeah, and we do, like, we have gummy-making kits, so people like sometimes their CBD or THC gummies, um, and we actually have kits in the store that you can make your own at home, so you just buy an oil, whatever oil type of gummy that you want to make. Right. And, yeah, literally all you, it takes about five minutes and then you put it in the fridge and chill it and then it comes out just like jello almost so it's pretty uh yeah pretty cool stuff neato well hey joe we got to take a little bit of a break can you come back do you have time another 10 minutes or out of your busy day excellent we will be back with joe poskinoff poskinoff from uh grasshopper cannabis on after nine looking to become bilingual or promote bilingualism in canada look no further Apply for the Odyssey or Explore program for the chance to improve your French or help young people improve their English. You'll immerse yourself in another region's language and culture, make new friends, and have experiences that will stay with you forever. Many people say the Odyssey and Explore programs have changed their lives. To find out more or to apply, visit englishfrench.ca. Programs funded by the Government of Canada. Volunteer Burnaby has online training for Volunteer Resources Administration. The four courses available are preparing your organization to involve volunteers, the Volunteer Cycle 1, the Volunteer Cycle 2, and the Professional Practice of Volunteer Administration. Complete all four courses and you'll receive a refund of 10% of the total cost. Full details are available through the training link at volunteerburnaby.ca. Volunteer Resources Administration Online Training. Available now through volunteerburnaby.ca. In December, the BC Schizophrenia Society hosted an Ask a Researcher session with Dr. Fidel Villa-Rodriguez. During the hour-long event, Dr. Villa-Rodriguez answered a wide variety of questions from BCSS donors. A recording and transcript of the session are both now available online. To view the video or read the transcript, click on the Ask a Researcher link in the What's Current section at bcss.org. British Columbia Schizophrenia Society, a reason to hope, the means to cope. Caribou Hockey and the Northern Capitals are submitting a nomination for this year's Craft Hockeyville competition. The competition is designed to find out which hockey community stands above all others. It aims to rally people together and help protect the future of hockey in Canada because communities build hockey and hockey builds communities. Find out more at crafthockeyville.ca and get ready to support your Northern Capitals in their bid to make Prince George Craft Hockeyville. 
keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George. This is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Yes, it's After 9 and it is the Cannabis Culture segment today with Joe Pos- <clears throat> Excuse me, Joe Poskinoff from... Uh, Grasshopper Cannabis and my uh, partner on the partner of radio here and Buddy has a question for you, Joe. This is Phyllis Warren. Hi, Joe. Um, I was just wondering when you hire staff, is there certain training that they have to do? Is there something that you're looking for with that particular person that's going to become part of your brand name? Yeah, it's that's a good question. So, uh, in terms of hiring, I. I I did a lot of human resources uh, back when I was working for WestJet. I worked for them for about 10 years, and I always had the mindset of uh, don't worry about the cannabis knowledge so much. Uh, worry about the people and, and hire a person, not not what the resume says. So when we do our interviews, it's always myself, Derek, and Sandy, my two business partners, um, and we have very casual sort of interviews um, where usually we'll you know go to a local pub and just sort of chat with people and and get to know them and see if they're a good fit. And then once we do decide to hire someone, there is um, verifications that have to be done. Uh, one is called a worker verification, which is a bit of a background check done by uh, Service BC. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is a, uh, a selling a right course. So talking about, you know, um, if you have an intoxicated patron, how do you deal with them, uh, making sure that the medical side isn't, um, isn't something that's talked about in the store in terms of recommendations. Um, and it kind of is like the serving a right for, for alcohol. It's, it's yes. similar to that. Um, so we need to ensure that everyone uh, has those qualifications and that they're valid, that they haven't expired. And probably maybe you have to run a criminal check, too? Is that uh, that's part of the, the that's worker part of the BC so one. Sort of falls, yeah, that sort of falls in. Like, what we do for our staff in-house, um, it's been a little challenging with COVID just because of social distancing and whatnot, but... We really rely on our licensed producers who are growing the product and who are producing the product to, to bring their sales reps up and really um, have one-on-one training sessions or group training sessions with their staff. Right. So they are able to actually speak to the product and, and how it's grown and, and sort of the different ways that it, it varies from other products. Um, so we're, we're big advocates of that, and we try and use those licensed producers as much as possible um, to kind of get get our team understanding the product as best as possible. Right, right. So do you have a tester day? Right, right. <laughs> like, uh, you know how they have the testers of wine in the liquor stores? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, the, the rules, you would not believe how strict our rules are. But until the other day, I wasn't even sure if I was allowed to donate to charity. I have, we, we do a lot of charity work, and we're very proud of that. Mm-hmm. But um, the rules, because there is so many layers to federal, provincial, and city, that we honestly have been, you know, we had a billboard that we put up by Earls that said, uh, thank you, Prince George, for, for voting us number one uh, retailer in town. And oh. I, got a, I got a letter, an eight-page letter from Health Canada saying how pretty much how dare we and and that's not a part, you can't do that. And I'm like, what are you, oh. like, what is happening? But uh, you just got to kind of roll with it for now. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But, uh, you know, it brought attention to your name, uh, which was great. You yeah. Know? yeah. How long did it get to stay up there? Well, we, we had it, uh, we did a three-month promotion, and we didn't know we were doing anything wrong, right? Like, we, it's so tough to read, like, this, this legislation that's written, you know, by some professional that is, w- like, way more 
educated than the three of us are. And uh, and so um, you read this stuff, and it's like it's like lawyers wrote it, right? So you don't know you're doing something wrong. So it was up there for three months, and then we got a letter pretty much the the week before it was supposed to run out. Like we only did a three month promotion on it. And uh, we got a letter saying take it down right away, kind of thing. Like, and, you know, and the fines aren't cheap. You know, the, the government can yeah. fine you, you know, half a million bucks or a million bucks if they want. So yeah. you got to be careful. But mm. we're just trying to do our best to navigate through it all. Yeah, yeah, you're doing a fine job. Doors are open. People are happy. So, yeah. what what are some of your top um, producers that you're you're interested in? What are like how many legal producers are there in the province? Do you have any idea or? Uh, oh. That's a great question. It, it would it would be like probably I would say like seventy to a hundred in the province, but probably five hundred countrywide. I would think um, in terms of people that actually are approved and are able to sell. I don't know how how many we have off the government website we can order from. I know we have about uh, probably four hundred to five hundred different SKUs of products in the store. So whether it's carbonated beverages or gummy bears or chocolates or pre-rolled flour or actual flour. Um, we have quite a few options. Like, we have 100 different choices of flour. We have 70, 70 different choices of pre-rolled joints. So we give people a lot of uh, a lot of options. I think I like, I like I kind of said earlier, I like those sort of boutique growers. So mm-hmm. I'm a, a big fan of uh, one called Citizens Dash, which is out of uh, Mission, B.C., and then we have that other one on the island there, uh, Broken Coast. Uh, Quest is out of um, Preston, B.C. Um, these are all, like, top-quality cannabis, and you, you pay a little bit more for those, but you know kind of um, they're a bit more uh, boutique, so they just, yeah. not to say the other growers don't care so much for the product, but these are, I, I don't know, it's kind of quality over quantity with those ones. Yeah, yeah. I've got a friend who suffers from um, the disease you get when you get bitten by a tick. I'm not going to say it right now because I'll probably get it wrong. But um, uh, yeah, I guess Lyme disease and she deals with pain quite a bit and uh, has uh, prefers to use a, a, a Tinacture vape kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah. you guys carry those, correct? Yeah, we do. Yeah. So yeah. We have... What I would like to say are the cheapest prices in town, even cheaper than the BC Cannabis Store, where we actually have one right now that's a, a half gram cartridge for twenty four ninety nine, and we have a little uh, sales kind of challenge going on with our staff to try try and sell those. Yeah, and, uh, when we first got those, you know, they were coming in at sixty to seventy dollars per cartridge, and now we have ones for twenty five. So that's kind of like I was mentioning with prices, is the the market sort of now leveling out where we're seeing really fair pricing and and yeah uh, that's what she was saying to me and uh she had a problem with the government store is where she went to and uh twice the little components failed and once the actual pen thing failed and you know that's a pretty significant cost when you're purchasing it uh have you guys had much problems with things like that or you tend to stay away from those perhaps or no we like we from inception, from July of 2019, we've we've done over 150,000 transactions. So we have quite a lot of people coming through the doors every day. Mm-hmm. And I would say on a per day basis, we probably get maybe one return out of 200 products, oh, maybe okay. even less than that. To be honest, uh-huh. we probably get yeah, we probably get about seven returns every couple of weeks. So oh, well, that's one every two days. But we you know we refund it unless it's something where someone says hey. 
you know, uh, if it's like a health issue, if it's like, hey, this flower is moldy, which is very rare, that has to go through Health Canada. Yeah. If it's, if it's something that says, hey, you know, this isn't working, it's a, it's a product that's malfunctioning, we can re- refund that no problem as long as we can pull up the, the receipt for the customer. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, well, Joe, thank you so much. Uh, it's been great talk chatting with you here today. We appreciate you coming yeah. on and love your name. I hope your brand uh, flies to the moon there. It'd be nice to get Prince George on the, uh, you know, national map of... Uh, Grasshopper branding, let's say. For sure, <laughs> very yeah. informative. We love our name. We're we're very proud of that name, and uh, and we think it just has a good ring to it. So yeah, we hope to see more grasshoppers in the future for sure. True B, true B, and uh, thanks so much for coming on, and best of luck with you all. Yes. Thank you so much. Take care. You too. Bye for Bye. now. Adapting to our new digital world is not always easy. Connecting with customers who are currently unable to walk through your doors is vital. If you need a hand moving your business or not-for-profit in the right direction, the solution is already here. DER3 is a government-funded program delivered by Hubspace, which provides a no-cost, no-obligation evaluation of your digital presence with some of the best digital experts in northern BC ready to help you. The DER3 program from Hubspace. Visit hubspace.ca slash DER3 three today. The City of Prince George is seeking applications for a grant that helps creative residents and organizations initiate or sustain great ideas, events, and projects. The MyPG Community Grant assists not-for-profit groups and other community organizations to develop and implement innovative activities, projects, and events that contribute to making Prince George a vibrant community. The application deadline for this grant is today. More information and application deadlines are available through the Grants and Financial Services link under City Services at PrinceGeorge.ca. The Prince George Cougars, the Spirit of the North Healthcare Foundation, and Northern Health are once again offering the virtual Spirit of Healthy Kids School program. Entering its sixth year, the program is continuing this year online. The school with the highest overall level of participation could win a $5,000 grant. All schools with at least 50% participation will be entered in a draw for five $1,000 grants. Full details are available at pgcougars.com. Deadline for participating schools to qualify for grant prizes is Tuesday. Forecast from Environment Canada. Sunday today, wind at 15K, a high of 3 with a wind chill this morning to minus 16. Partly cloudy tonight, wind continuing, a low of minus 4 with a wind chill to minus 9. For Tuesday, a mix of sun and cloud, wind from the south at 20 in the morning, a high of 5 with a morning wind chill to minus 9. It's after 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. Welcome back. Here we are with uh, After 9, the Monday morning wake-up call with Echo Allen and Phyllis. And we're just going to just talk now about some of the things that we've gone over. I've just started doing this show a few months ago, and I've covered quite a few topics. Some are good, some are bad, but, well, actually, what am I talking about? All of them are good. We've uh, spoken with... Susan Scott about Epiphany. We've talked about Stuart Parker about education and workman's compensation. Darren Gregory about workman's compensation and the advocacy work that he does. We've talked about 
all kinds of things. And the medical system, we will, ICBC, we will continue to talk about these things. And I would like to also remind everyone, I haven't for the last couple of weeks mentioned, if anyone who wants to send an email, you can send an email to us to talk about something on the show to the village idiom. 54 at gmail.com that is all in small letters three words the village idiom 54 and uh yeah put your two cents in worth well, of it, things it's hmm? three words but there's no punctuation correct so there is no word. Pu- there's one word yeah yes. the village idiom with those two numbers which i think is something to do with our general area that 54 <laughs> does yes <laughs> yeah so, I, I mean, we've even touched on solar batteries on the show. I'm interested. And, of course, we've had the wonderful Michelle Connolly from Conservation North. And uh, when I first started doing this, I set up the dudes from Stop the Spray to come on. But Reg was interviewing them. So I am, as I said, new at this and uh, don't quite have the flow that the regular DJs do. But I'm going to give you guys as much information as we can so please send us some emails about things you'd like to talk about and uh what have you guys been up to well look at oh and taxes things. we've had phyllis yes. on talking about taxes mm-hmm. yeah yeah it, it's been amazing you know they've introduced different changes here what we found out is that paper is no longer available you have to wait until they mail it to you no you know, mm-hmm. and I was listening I to you, the news. I think I saw somewhere though. If you go to who to be the CRA site, you can print the forms off yes. from there. Yes, so. and and that's what I was getting to oh, because okay. um, I'm sorry. This morning, it's okay, Al. It's it's a Monday morning. <laughs> it's early. It's a Monday morning. I lost an, I lost an hours. I lost an hour sleep over the weekend, and so. he got a, a stiff neck. Yes. <laughs> you know, like everything's now, now. going bad this morning. I've got a morning. stiff neck from holding my nose in the air as much as I do looking down on other people. Oh, oh that's yeah. not what it is. No, 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 no. There we go. Here I thought he slept wrong. Yeah, yeah, that one, yeah, for yeah. sure. But um, what they were saying in the news is that, you know, go to the computer and you know apply and apply and i'm thinking you know there's a lot of older people who see a computer and go how come the tv's not coming on you know pretty much yeah yeah so why is our government starting to go direct to the computer apply for ei on the computer do your cra account on the computer it's called evolution yeah but the thing is, so is okay. why not have that personal touch? How many people have phoned in to Hydro or Gas or, or CRA and had that recording? Please press 1 if you want to this. You know, why can't we just have a person go, good morning? I'm trying to imagine how many people got messages like that the first day they were doing the vaccination appointments. Yes. <laughs> Where there was, what, 50,000 people were eligible, and they took, what was it, 1.7 million calls in three hours. Yes. Uh, what I would have done is taking on the information of the person, and when you found out that they weren't eligible, make a note on it, this person goes at the bottom of the list. Yes. Yeah, That's you know. the way you teach them that you don't do that sort of thing. Yeah, and that brings up that couple that went north yes. to get their yeah. shots as soon as oh. it was available up north, you know. Like, how unfair. My mom, 
My brother-in-law sat on the phone for my mom because he he does he does a lot of meetings and he can also of course be working on his computer while he's got the phone next to him. But he got my mom set up. She is getting her shot tomorrow morning, and she's one of the first ones. I guess they open at ten thirty, and I think her appointments for like ten fifty. Oh wow! Yeah. And so. whereabouts are they giving the shots? They are doing them down at the. Prince George Convention and Civic Center, which everybody still calls just the Civic Center. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's so good. that's where yeah, they're doing that. They've, they've shown some pictures of the way they've got it set up, and it again, it's looking like it's going to be set up very efficiently. Mm-hmm. I, I am thinking it may almost end up looking sort of like a um, a blood donor clinic. Remember, oh, remember yeah. when we used to have blood donor clinics actually in Prince George yes, instead of having yes. to travel to Vancouver to give blood to save people's lives? Yes. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't think they would have – they wouldn't obviously have as many beds. They wouldn't have to have a bed for each person. Because, but I believe – and, again, I don't know if this was just with one vaccine or all of them. They do require you to – you know, you get your shot and then they do require you to – go and you know sit in a chair mm-hmm. for about 15 minutes or so just to make sure there's no initial reaction yes so i guess with some of these vaccines and i guess for all the vaccines but with some more than others some of them there is a fairly major reaction on the first vaccine and strangely enough with some of the other vaccines it's showing up on the second shot Wow. Yeah. It, no reaction to people. No, nobody's reporting any reactions on the first shot for those vaccines. But when they get their second shot, there's then there's the reaction. Yeah. If you got the reaction on the first one, the odds are you won't on the second one. So yeah. I, I don't know which I would prefer. <laughs> yeah. Which one does that, you know? Yeah. And and that's like the flu shot. Yeah. Once you get a flu shot, you got to sit there for a while, make sure that you're yeah. not feeling dizzy. Yeah, make or, sure your arm doesn't fall off. Yeah, you know, exactly. Happened to me once, but they put it right back on again. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they had some duct tape. I mean, it was a Canadian flu shot, right? So they just had some duct tape and put the arm back on that way. Red green fix, hey? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, I think. Oh, um, I guess it's uh, time for us to take a break here. I was on a little space out there on <laughs> after nine. The College of New Caledonia is moving forward with a new art installation in the Prince George campus main entrance. The college is choosing an artistic team that will create a positive first impression for new visitors and reinforce that impression to returning students, employees, and visitors while recognizing the 22 indigenous groups in the region. For full details, click on College of New Caledonia after the Browse Opportunities link at bcbid.gov.bc.ca. The CNC Entrance of Reconciliation Expression of Interest deadline is 2 p.m. March. March 26th. Share your love for Prince George and Northern BC to be eligible for great prizes in the Share Your Love for BC contest. You could win $500 in gift cards and vouchers from Destination BC to spend at local businesses. See contest rules or enter at shareyourloveforbc.com. Submit a photo and your story, and you could be one of 10 lucky winners from across the province. Share your love for Prince George and Northern BC at shareyourloveforbc.com today. Contest closes March 26th. Go beyond the basics of spreadsheeting with CNC's Microsoft Excel Next Level Bootcamp. 
This course covers more complex functions like charting and data tools, and will build upon your existing knowledge to create more functionality into your spreadsheets. CNC's new online course is instructor-led over two evenings. The Microsoft Next Level Bootcamp takes place April 22nd and 29th, with the registration deadline of April 21st. For full details, contact the college or go online to cnc.bc.ca. Featuring the people who make things happen in Prince George, you're listening to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. I heard something today on a station other than ours, which I thought was really, really oh, kind of no. major. So, Remove yourself. <laughs> I do have the uh, affinity to listen to other stations that rock a little bit harder than ours do, so what can I say? Impossible. But the interesting piece of news was, apparently, <clears throat> Rogers has purchased Shaw. Yeah, i oh. seen that yeah. on the yeah. yeah, so that's a huge, huge changeover. Mm-hmm. A couple yeah. of years it's going to take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Doesn't Jimmy Patterson own Shaw? I believe he's one of the owners of Shaw sure. Cable. I'm I'm pretty confident okay. that he he has that as well. So I don't know. I wonder how that also. I, I figured he would have bought them. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go Jimmy, go! No, um, no yeah. Since, since I don't have TV at my place, I don't really care too much about Shaw and Rogers and the rest of them. <laughs> exactly. I'm I'm a Netflix girl myself. Mm-hmm. Dang, you guys! You checked some of those new Netflix shows out? Do you guys have that at all? I I, I don't. Oh my. My goodness, there is some really good programming on mm. on that show. Yeah, uh, and, network. And I seen something yes. on the news too about Rogers. You know that um, the seniors woman who uh, had to move into a seniors home, she wanted basic cable, and because of COVID, she hasn't been able to go pay. Mm. So she got this bill well over $500 for a couple of months mm-hmm. and everything, transfer fees, yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And then they cut her off. Hmm. You know, Is this a woman on limited income or is she like a yes. fairly well-off yes. woman that has She's some money on in the limited bank? Income. Okay, so this she is annoying. She had to go to 24-7, you know, an mm-hmm. apartment yeah. living style. Okay, so TELUS has a thing called... Um, Internet for Hope or Internet for Home or something oh, where yes, low yes, income yes. people can get a a lower rate. So how is it that they are able to charge people who are in her position? They're basically not informing her she's eligible for this. No, this is Rogers, not oh, Telus. Yes. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah, big so difference. there we go. Big difference. Love you, tell us. <laughs> 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 you guys are amazing. So there, yeah, that's that's just something that's yeah. really. And I do believe Telus does offer uh, senior rates. Yes. You know, yeah, and it's it's not like. We're going to give you the senior rate, but it's going to be it's going to be a dial-up internet, and you're only allowed three. Absolutely not. No, it's, it's unlimited data, and yeah. and it's twenty five whatever megabits or yeah. whatever of speed, and and it's quite 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 lovely. Yes. And yes. then you have access to if you've got your internet, then you can sign on to your CTV, or you can get whatever thing you want. And if if the older folks knew that and Don't how to, sorry, oh my gosh, that's the first time I've done that. I'm lecturing for the old folks here to get. <laughs> On the computer. <laughs> Please, I'm begging you, get and on there. Again, and it's that we easy. We expect the guests to, have to obey t- the sign, <laughs> and then the host goes and does it. You know, I can get well, lost. Well, we covered the sometimes. sign this morning now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Take the book away 
we, okay. there we well, go. You've been doing a very good job. Yes, yeah, Phyllis has you. been keeping thank up you. on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just sit here and smile and nod. You know, that, that's <laughs> the extent of my job. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh, and I do show up before the show starts. Yay! Yes. You got to give me credit for that. Too. Yes, true, yeah. true. Yeah. It is. But there we go again. Computers with the elderly. You know, we we need. But to, it doesn't have to be computers these yes. days with the age of smart TVs because you have your your um, oh, yes. desktop right on your TV screen oh, yeah. so they can have whichever one they like and, and uh, get the grandson in to set it up and show you how to work it or mm-hmm. or just uh, <laughs> the dude from the store for crying out loud you know it give you a chance to get out and check some stuff out and all that kind of thing yeah, yeah well I've... I got a smartphone finally Oh right? well, you had one of those. What do you call those? A BlackBerry. Phyllis oh, was a, in the goodness, secret yes. spy network there for a yes, while. Yes, the BlackBerry. I just loved her so much, and then she died. <sighs> and I hunted around town looking for another BlackBerry, and I found out that they don't make them. No. Well, that's so okay. it was so heartbreaking. So I finally broke down and took Betsy to the store and said, "Could I get a phone that looks like this?" <laughs> Which is not available, unfortunately. So they gave me this phone, and it's a smartphone, but I only got like three-minute teaching of no. how to work it. No. Thank goodness they showed I got me none. how to answer none. the phone on it, you know, when it rings. But I still have issues with it. And the reason why it was only like a three-minute thing is because of COVID. Oh, mm. yeah. So once COVID gets over, I, I need to go and... The other thing is, if you've got, like, the number of the phone, like if you know what the model of the phone is, I'm betting you can go online and find an instruction oh, manual. Oh, here we go again. No, but I'm just saying, you know, that's what I've done with stuff that I've had for like 10 or 12... I've had stuff for 10 or 12 years that I've run into a problem with, and I don't even know if they make them anymore. But a lot of times you, you go to the websites and yep. you can find the instruction manual yep. because the company knows people are still using these. Yeah. So and and with me too, I I have two kids mm-hmm. and a grandson. Yeah. You know, so oh. if I have any issues, I throw the phone at them and bang, 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 and here we go. It's all set yep. up again. Lucky yep. you. And the next thing you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and then they say, hey, if you push this button, you can talk to Mars. Yeah. And you're kind of going. Okay. <laughs> so, X nay that button. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Hilarious. So, my aunt's texting me here saying uh, how much my mom has a bit of trouble just with the smart TV remote. And I I get that. But oh. it's, uh, you know, it's a bunch of arrows and a couple of dots. And yeah. I myself had to retrain my whole self over the last yeah. quite a few and, years. And so, it, like, it's hard to do, but we yeah. can do it. It's like me and the husband when we travel and we go into a new hotel. We call it roughing mm-hmm. because they don't have the same remote for the TV. Yeah. You know, so that's a hard now, lesson for. Let's mm-hmm. say one good thing about modern technology, though. Oh, how many things did you guys have to reset Saturday night or Sunday morning? Only one in my. You house. didn't have to reset your TV. <clears throat> you didn't have to reset your phone. Yep. There's probably a lot of other stuff you didn't have to reset because it does it automatically, which is nice. Okay. I, I mean, the it. one the one piece of advice I did read from somebody was, you know, they were showing, okay, here are the different things and how to go about resetting them. Mm-hmm. And I forget what the first one was, but the second one was like sundial. And it said, move yeah. one house over. <laughs> yeah. And the last one was your the clock in your car. 
It should just leave yeah. it. In six months, it'll be okay again anyways. That's, yeah. that's, what, I, that's what I've always gone by. Yeah. Well, I'm heading over to the kids' house today mm. to set the car. Yep. You know, okay. because I, I'm an hour early. Yeah, well, know? I got my watch reset. <laughs> But the clock in the car, it's easy enough to do, like I've done, but again, you only do it every six months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you forget I, 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 I had to drive yeah. somebody to the airport there a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> he's ridiculously stressed out about the fact that uh, he thinks he's late for the airport, right? And he's looking at my clock, which of course was... <laughs> I said, no, no. Oh, that's not right. I said, it's set wrong. And it was like, whoof, oh, I'm so happy. Yeah, it's set it Ontario time, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Alberta time, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> oh, no. Yes. What do you do? What but do you again, do? Um, so yesterday was the day when you were supposed to eat pie. Yes. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it was pie yep. day, 314. Oh. Today, eat a Caesar salad. Yeah. It's the Ides of March. Oh, boy. Yes. And on Wednesday... St. Patrick's Day. Saint. Oh my Pats. goodness! Yes. Yeah, yeah. So there are pie, options death, there. and uh, green beer. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> what a week! Yeah, yeah scary stuff. <laughs> and uh, speaking of the week, this is uh, we're at the end of the hour here yeah. for uh, after nine. Wow. And thank Went you so fast. much, Phyllis, for coming on and thank for you. Uh, Joe. Say it, Alan. Joe Posnikoff, I Posnikoff, believe. Posnikoff, yes. There we go. I apologize once again, Joe. I'm the worst for. Uh, I don't know why I'm <laughs> even in this uh, in this silly game here. Radio. I mispronounce words. I guess that's the reason you guys can listen and just get a good laugh once in a while. I guess. <laughs> yeah. So uh, thank you once again to Grasshopper Cannabis and to Phyllis and Alan. And we are. This is I'm Echo Wiley. We're done for the hour here on After Nine. After 9 is a daily presentation of CFIS-FM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Reg Fair, and Nathan Gita, with guest producer Neil Godbu of the Prince George Citizen. Additional contributors include CBC News and the National Campus and Community Radio Association. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. Broadcasting at 93.1 on the FM dial, this is CFIS-FM Prince George. Proudly sponsored by local businesses like Timberline Footfitters on Victoria next to Wendy's.